Welcome to Larger Story Messages, helping you find purpose and joy in your life and relationships. For more teaching and resources, visit largerstory.com. Through finding God, Crab gives us a glimpse into his own life. Like like many of the, the books that he's written, he shows us some of the tough things, the painful times that he's going through. But he says in the beginning of the book that we're working on today, Finding God, a book that he wrote in 93, He says, let me tell you why I wrote this book. So he actually kind of unpacks exactly what he says. I have come to a place in my life where I need to know God better or I won't make it. Life at times has a way of throwing me such blinding confusion and severe pain that I lose all hope. Joy is gone. Nothing encourages me. He continues to talk about some of the pain he's going through. And then he says, I wrote this book in response to the desperate cry of my heart to know God better. More than ever before, I am wanting to know him and his great work in us to increase our passion for knowing him until it is stronger than all other passions. Developing that passion in our hearts is a long, difficult process to which God is relentlessly committed. The way is hard, the road less traveled than others but the journey is worth it. God is immeasurably good and he can be trusted. And then dad says this, as I share my journey through my problems towards finding God, I fervently hope that a passion to know God will be stirred within you, perhaps a deeper passion than you've ever known before. With joyful hope, Larry Crabb. We're gonna be talking today about the book, Finding God. Some of the things that dad talks about in this book were very foundational to a lot of the things that he believed and he taught later on. Some people can interpret this book perhaps as being something that is a little bit heavy, sometimes maybe discouraging, but I think this book really is encouraging. Some of the things that he'll talk about is plane crashes that kill loved ones. I guess that's not super encouraging. Positive biopsies that shatter dreams. I guess that's not super encouraging. Unexpected unemployment that fills every thought and, of, and with fear, unfaithful spouses, rebellious children, demanding jobs, battles with self-hatred, memories of abuse, personal failure, consuming loneliness. So that's what you get into when you start to talk about some of the stuff that we're going to be talking today um, as we unpack Dr. Crabb's book, Finding God. Well, my guest today is Carlene Cannon. Carlene's a good friend, but she's also a colleague. We've worked together for the past few years, and I've grown to really deeply respect and care about Carlene as my friend. So, Carlene, thanks for joining me today, girl. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you, Kat. Well, uh, I think it was about maybe, um, I guess maybe a year or so ago during the graduation period of time when uh, I guess it was, you know, coming up on summertime. You said to me, I want to order. Can you order me a case of the book Finding God? And I don't know if that was a year or two ago, but something like that. Yeah, it was um, 2020. I had two two so, kids graduating, one from college, one from high school, and had like 50 graduation gifts to buy. So I was trying to find something that was meaningful and, you know, also reasonable. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, unpack that. Why did you choose to give these yeah. kids this this book, yeah. this book, Finding God? Why, did, why was that your choice? Because you've read most of dad's. Yeah. 
Tell me about well, that. Well, I actually just picked it up off the shelf because I hadn't read it. I, I had read many of your dad's books, but this was one I hadn't read and um, just sort of felt drawn to it for the first time. And as I was looking at it and reading the beginning of it, I, I recognized that your dad wrote the book about a year after I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't find this book, you know, um, and so it sort of intrigued me. And then I also, you know, my husband knew, um, Bill, your uncle, and they had been really close. He was a mentor of, of my husband, Rich. And mm -hmm. so I'd heard about him and I was, we were dating when, um, the plane crash happened. So I had a personal connection to the stories your dad tells in the beginning. And I just got caught up in this, in the. I guess the quest to find God in that pain and chaos. And I really resonated with the statement. He makes it a couple of different ways in the beginning that, you know, during that time, it was really clear to him that he didn't know God well enough for God to be all he needed. Mm -hmm. And you know, I thought, I, I think that's probably true of me. You know, I'm not in a similar crisis situation, but um, during all of that time, you know, COVID was happening. Um, my kids were graduating. A lot of stuff was going on. So I started reading the book and also recognized that there were some things I needed that your dad had explored and unpacked that I needed when I graduated from college. Like if I had only found the book when it was published. Um, and instead I was looking at it 30 years later and thinking <laughs> how helpful it could have been, you know, and wanting that for my kids and their friends. So awesome. I think well, I just got really captured by the ideas in the book. It, 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 even 30 years later, it's, it's still relevant today. Yeah. And, and, and um, I guess I guess to be very honest with you, as we as we dive into this book, I haven't read the book like we did in the last few weeks as we were preparing for, yeah. for today. Um, I hadn't read the book in I, I'm thinking 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a chance to actually go back through the video series yeah. that they did that they did in, in 94, 93 or whatever it was. And um, my goodness, it was so fun watching dad up there unpack this book yeah. and, and it was such a weird video with the green screen that they put <laughs> clouds and words floating in and um yeah. but the but the message was you know he breaks this book into three parts the first part is the importance of finding god yeah. and 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 then then you know like you just talked about he he dives into um some of the pain that he was really going through at this time right. when he was writing this book um and um and talks about that and one of the things that I think I'm um, hearing a little reverb on that now. Okay, there we go. Um, but one, one of the things that I think was interesting when I was looking at the book too, Carleen, is he talks about, um, he dedicated this book to his mentor, one, one of his mentors, I should say, mm -hmm. a guy named Dr. Charles Smith. Chuck Smith was his name. Mm -hmm. And Chuck, uh, Chuck actually passed away from cancer years ago. And Chuck, he says in the book, um, and I knew Dr. Smith pretty well, um, but, but, but he says in the book that Chuck says, Lord, if I'm going to get to know you better, and that's going to, and having my cancer return is going to allow me to do that. That's my prayer. Right. These were the guys that dad's, that dad followed him as I was watching him do the, the video, the, the last couple of days, he was younger than me when he was doing that video. And when he was talking, I keep looking at my dad as always this guy who's so much older, but he was a few years yeah. younger than me. Yeah. 
yeah. doing that. And it's just, uh, just amazing some of the things that he brings out in this book. What were some of the things to you? You just mentioned a few of them, but kind of, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit on some of the things that really drew you to this book. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were three big ideas um, that I, I actually found pretty transformative. Uh, and the first one was just a simple statement he makes um, pretty early in the book that and it's, it's kind of a question. He, he obviously asks a lot of questions. That's sort of what your dad does. And the questions in this book are very convicting and very um, productive if you take the time to ask them of yourself. But one of the things he asks is, are you looking for a plan to follow or a person to trust? That's it. And <laughs> like that question had my name, you know, because <laughs> like, Carly, <laughs> are you looking for a plan to follow or a person to trust? And I thought, I actually probably want a plan. Like if I'm really honest, I want a plan that solves my problems, that um, gives me direction, that tells me what to do, that I can sort of control and you know accomplish well. Um, and this whole person to trust thing, that that idea um, is is much harder for me to really get excited about, and and that was very convicting. Um, and exposing, you know, exposing something in my heart that, and your dad goes on to talk about, not only in this book, but in most of the books he wrote after that, how we are all looking for a way to manage our life. And he makes a statement early on that he realized after your uncle's plane crash that he was out of the Garden of Eden and there was no way back in. And that was another statement that I just thought that, sums up how I feel you know <laughs> I really would kind of like to get back in the garden and there's no way back there's an angel standing there you know, there's no way back in so then I'm trying to trying to build my own garden or find my own way of managing my life instead of trusting this person mm -hmm. and getting to know and finding God um, mm -hmm. so I think that set the stage then for the the subsequent sections of the book that you alluded to and and I think when I picked up the book I really thought this was going to be like a kind of a fun journey of getting to know God and and it's 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 really not <laughs> that, that is part of it but it's really more about exposing the deep distrust that I have you know, and that, and how that is the obstacle to me finding God. That's, and so it's this um, really transforming, you know, exercise in looking at what's really going on in my heart. And Man. as he talks about disrupting those bad desires and enticing the good passions that are sort of very deep underneath there but that disruption is you know disruptive i mean it's it, you you can't keep on with your plan to follow um when it's disrupted like that you, your only option is to look for a person to trust yeah i, I just want to tell those of you who are watching us today that um just so you know, Carlene likes to have a plan for the plan for the plan. So she is the she's the, 
she's the planner and um which is which is super valuable um and uh but it's so it's so interesting you talk about some of the the different kind of kind of subject matters that he that he kind of brushes through in this book and it's it's just so rich it's so thick um when you really dive into it um you know some of the things i love you know the little the little quotes that you throw out but he was using quotes like feeling good or feeling better is more important than finding God to most of us. Right. And, and are we merely living or are we walking with God? He talks right. about Enoch and, and Lamech. Yep. And, um, and then he really, you know, typical crab, he dives into sin in a way that is so convicting yeah. and he dives into pain. And that the only way really to know God better is through those the, 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 those kind of deep water pain moments. And I think I can maybe um, realize some of that through some of the things that I've been through in the last few years, just to, you know, this book, I think means more to me now after having gone through some things and lived a little bit of life saying, wow, you know, life is not set up to, to work. But then he also talks about, about beauty and he talks about joy. He, he really does. I mean, a lot of people who know Crab, and you can probably help us with this, Carleen, because you knew dad pretty well. But he was a fun guy. He really wasn't this gloomy, doomy, you know, but man, he had his times where he realized this just isn't doing it, you know, and, and by the way, God, you, you tell me you're good. Well, what are you good for? Right. He unpacks a lot of that. And, and one thing he did in this book, and I want to kind of talk about this, especially as your kids are going off to college and my, and my, I've got my oldest getting married, but he talks about parenting in here. And he says, typically parents send one of two messages to the, yeah. to the children. Do you see that, that yeah. part? Where it says we either want want to be happy. How many times do you see parents say, "Oh, I just want my kids to be happy"? Right. I'm thinking, what about holy? Um, but but he says you, you either want them to be happy or you want them to be good, and then he really breaks down how how neither one of those things is really helpful in so many different ways. And um, you know, he talks about the indulgers and the conformists and some of those kind of things is that he kind of unpacks. Um, and it's just uh, it's really cool. I mean, I uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of the most um, valuable parts of this book for me was that it kind of served as a mirror. Mm. Um, you know, he started in that whole part about the indulgers and conformers, and then he really breaks that down into what he calls this fallen personality structure. Yes. And he articulates <clears throat> with this like really sharp insight like what happens internally when things don't go my way. Mm -hmm. And I, as I read through that, you know, okay. I just recognize so much of how I respond to things. Um, you know, he talks about the, the foundation being a doubt in, of God, but that's not necessarily accessible, you know, but as he goes up these like five floors of, I need you, I hate you, I hate me, I will survive, here's how, like, I recognize my internal soundtrack yeah. so clearly in that. And it doesn't always sound exactly, sometimes like, fine, I'm going to do this, you know, or I'm, you know, or sometimes it's, it is just, I hate you, you know, or I hate me. Um, but it was, it was so helpful to understand that structure and start to recognize when things were going wrong in my life and how I was responding that there was another, another path. Um, one of one of the statements your dad made in a in I think it was um, different kind of happiness, but he talks about this reflexive relational script that we follow, and 
I, I think that's really broken down here in this fallen personality structure. Like I, I experience this reflexive relational script. We all have our relational strategies. And in offering this, the, the alternative counterpart to, to the fallen personality structure, which is the godly structure, like it gives me some places when I start to recognize what's happening in me internally to, to short circuit that, to kind of disrupt what's happening and say, if, I, if I'm hearing in my head, I hate you. Like I have the, the energy of Christ in me that can say, I accept you instead. And I can, I, I can get out of this reflexive relational script and move in, in um, choosing to trust God, move into this other structure, this other relational pattern that looks more like Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I found just that whole sort of framework that he put together so uh, insightfully, really valuable. And I, you know, this was, I was reading this book during COVID when everything locked down and all of a sudden we had like all of our kids back home, they had, you know, had to leave the schools they were at. And I mean, there were some tense moments and um, I got to put into practice, you know, everything I was reading. Um, That's my next question. Was, how is that That's my next question is how is the stuff you're talking about now? Yeah. How has that changed you? How has that made you more aware of, of what's going on inside of you as you're seeking to know the Lord better as you relate to your husband and your 117 yeah. children? <laughs> only four but, um, uh, yeah it, well first of all it was really sobering you know to to start to recognize these things happening in me these you know um talk tracks and um and then to to have some you know some successes where I could say okay I don't hate you I want to accept you and then sometimes where it was just too painful or too difficult or you know, and there was just all this resistance and rebellion in me, like, no, nope, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. And, and then I think what, what is really valuable about this is that at the, on the bottom floor is where am I not trusting God, you know, in whatever pain or chaos I'm feeling, where have I lost my connection to the provision and purposes of God and, and, and to this person that I'm trusting, yeah. you know, I've somehow gotten back on my track of trying to find a plan to follow instead of resting in the trust of, of a father who I know is good. And so it just gives me some pathways back. That, I, that. Um, I oh. didn't, you know, I had a lot of theology and a lot of um, good, rational kind of understanding of my faith and, you know, certainly had experienced God, but to have that kind of deeper insight into what was going on in me, yes. um, as your dad talks about relational holiness, to even have the sort of target to aim at of being relationally holy yeah. uh just just changed the way that i interacted with people who are close to me and in the difficult situations that i 
kind of ran into. Um, I don't know if they <laughs> are aware of that, but there's always a deeper awareness in me of that internal battle happening in me. I, I've, I, I love that about you, though, Carlene, and the fact that you have that going on is at some level, such a good thing. It's it's funny how Crab defines sin in here. He says, sin is simply our effort to supplement what we think are deficiencies in God's goodness. Yeah. Uh, it, it is trusting uh, ourself instead of trusting God. You talk about that whole trust thing. It, yeah. It's kind of a typical Crab book. I mean, he breaks it into three parts. He unpacks some <laughs> things. Um, but it's interesting because in the second part of the book, which is uh, which is titled um, the, obstacle, the Obstacle to Finding God, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of, you know, when he, when we were younger, he used to do sermons of, you know, what it is, what it isn't, and how to get it or something yeah. like that. He always had his kind of thing to it. But he talks about in, in, um, in the, in the, the second part of the book, chapter seven, where, um, you know, he talks about uh, having it out with God, doubt in God's goodness, making God prove himself to us. Some of those kind of things where it's just, these are the obstacles. And he's, he, he, I love the little catchphrases that he has all through this book is either we live under pressure to grow or we celebrate grace. Right. I mean, it, it, and, and just the emphasis that dad puts on the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is just unbelievable. And the thing that I want to unpack with you as we're kind of getting into the meat of this book is what really Im impacted me was kind of that third section as well. Oh, yeah. And that was really, you know, how do we know God? You know, okay, the, you know, we had the, the, the first section, the second section of obstacles, and, you know, why do we need to know God? And then the last one is, here's the pathway to knowing God. Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're determined to, you know, and, and he says that a lot of times people were determined to enjoy life now uh, and, and then, then to know better the one who is life. Right. <laughs> um, and then he jumps into in the third part, and this is what blows my mind every time I think about it. And this is where some of you watching today, I want you to know, and Carlene doesn't like me saying this, but I'm going to have to say it because larger story and what we're doing with larger story right now and all the different things we're trying to do is we're trying to touch a different generation of kids and really to give them hope that there's hope beyond this um, was done because of Carlene's I think the spirit moving in Carlene and so it's interesting to see in the in the last pieces of this book chapter 19 chapter 20 where dad says all the larger story stuff and telling our stories yeah. and stories that disrupt and entice was a was a, a title of one of these and and how we start to unpack this larger story and 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 yeah. tell me how that impacted you this 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 specifically that third section of the book where god talks about the path to knowing him because it sounds like this was an important yeah. for you yeah i think larry had um since finding god was written he has done a lot of work on i mean soul talk and connecting and true spiritual community and the value of telling your story and um being in safe places where you can articulate your story. And I think this might've been one of the first places where he really unpacked that. But what was so valuable, I thought, was he, he broke it down into kind of, there's sort of three stories um, that's happening in us at any given time. It's kind of the present story that is sort of your, your current relational strategy, your current relational situation. Um, and I think that we often kind of stop there. We just share what's going on and 
you know, hope that someone sees us or understands or gives us empathy or, you know, maybe offers a good suggestion or possibly even a rebuke. But it, it, it's kind of just sort of sharing your story and that there's some relief in that. But of course, your dad pushes further in and says like like you know what is the inside story and that's where that solid personality structure really starts to scream loudly is that i am demanding something from people that only god offers me and mm -hmm. and to to really get inside of what that demand is and why why I'm doing that and, and what I'm looking for that then exposes the deepest story, which is my lack of trust that God is good and he's going to take care of me. Yes. Um, and so the whole exercise of doing that or the, you know, just the um, awareness of those different levels of story are, are how then you can connect back to the larger story, the yes. larger story of God, you know, because that word awareness. it's the, it's the, the separating places where I'm, you know, demanding from someone else and um, sort of taking back what is God's uh, that, that I disconnect from the larger story. And so I, and in the process of all of that, he does talk about how in, in that awareness, there's this opportunity to join with the spirit in disrupting those bad desires, you know, this demand, this lack of trust, this desire to take care of myself and to entice what is in there, these good desires of uh, surrender and um, repentance and um and, and love, loving others uh, like Jesus does, instead of demanding from them that they solve something in me. Or relieve that pain somehow. Right. Yeah, I, I love yeah. where dad says in there too, which offends us more, our ongoing pain or our ongoing sin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he does. Yeah. He does talk about the value to telling our stories and how our yeah. stories really do become part of the larger story that God is telling. I love what he said in there. There was one part he said too that kind of, convicted me as you as you even talk about this with the whole trusting piece but in today's environment where it's such a divided culture that we live in he said dialogue and debate um, should always be done in a way that helps others to see how kind and how good god really is mm -hmm. let warm mm -hmm. conviction replace cold dogmatism and i thought oh man do i need to hear that right right <laughs> that's so important for me to hear um, you know, and the, and the whole yeah. value, I mean, it, you know, one of the things that, that I was going to say too, is I hear you talking, Carlene, and I mean, I, I've seen, I've, I've seen so much growth in your life too, and I'm hoping you've seen it in mine, but it's interesting with this book. Um, I think this was really kind of the foundational things that Kenny and I were raised in. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it really just kind of came to the culmination as he wrote finding God of everything that we were taught yeah. as we were growing up. And I don't, I don't know if dad knew this as it was all done, you know, as he was just experiencing life and raising two crazy boys um, and realizing that life doesn't go the way we want it to go. And, and that's the one sin that we've all really are guilty of. And he's, he's, he's talking about that in the, the next book that we're going to be producing is, yeah. you know, more than you got, right. We, we know more than you and we don't trust you. And that's yeah. the thing that dad exposes. And um, I love that. I love how he weaves in joy. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, you knew dad pretty well. 
you and dad had a lot of good conversations. He loved a good time. Yeah. He liked to laugh. Um, he, you know, he, he, he loved, uh, good comedians. He, he loved, uh, you know, just, he had a, he had a love for life, but he realized that that wasn't it. And so I think that that love for that stuff became even diminished more as, as his life became older. I'm starting to realize, in, especially in reading this book, and I, I kind of introed with all the different things of, you know, unfaithful spouses and jobs that are lost and, you know, planes that crash and, um, this life is just not set up to work well. Yeah. And um, and if we put our eggs in this basket, we are in real trouble. Mm-hmm. And dad always had an eternal perspective mm-hmm. that, um, that I'm starting to understand just a little bit more. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have known that guy, you know? Yeah. He was a fun-loving guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the word picture he paints in the beginning of the book about being outside the garden and doing everything we can to get back in and then realizing we can't get back in the garden. So we're just going to make our own garden. And yeah. and yet the, the call is for us to come to heaven. And you just talked about the in eternal the perspective and like we're just trying to, you know, cultivate our own garden and and missing the real point of the journey, which is which is heaven and and that person to trust you know um and your dad did always have that uh both that singular focus and also the humility and um transparency to sort of lead and shepherd the rest of us into looking at the deep distrust we still have yeah. you know um and i always find that so hopeful when i when i read your your dad's stuff that he's always wrestling yes. with his internal world he never settles and he's always willing to see uh you know his whole idea of looking bad in the face of love it gives him the courage to to look and say yep there it is again you know there's the darkness again there's the ugliness again there's the place i don't trust and um it gives me the courage to to keep doing that um sometimes i get rebellious and resistant but um i i'm inspired to continue the journey yeah. as a result his honesty and his humility in approaching it and his realizing what a fallen person he was is an example. And this book was really important. I, um, I really enjoyed going through it. And I'm so glad, Carlene, that you joined me today to chat through some of this stuff. Yeah. And I want to encourage you guys that are watching us today to jump online at largerstory.com and get yourself a copy of Finding God today. Um, yeah. We've got some one. copies that we'd love to give to you. Yeah. And they, they're really, they're, there's really a lot in this book. And Carlene and I just kind of scratched on just a few of the surface points in it, um, but I would encourage you to dive into it. This is a book that I think really established some of the foundational thinking that dad really moved forward on um, up to that point, and it really just kind of launched into where um, where he went in a lot of his later writings, which I think is evident in a lot of his books, but this one seems to be a pivotal moment um, where he really became aware of things, especially in what was happening circumstantially yeah. in his own life at the time. Um, so yeah. uh, is there anything else you want to say, girl? <laughs> no, I think we covered it. I, I just would reiterate again, it's a book worth reading. Um, if you read it 30 years ago, it's a book worth reading again. <laughs> so. 
I've, I've said it. I definitely find a coffee. I, I've said this about all his books, and everybody's probably getting tired of hearing Kep say this, but it's like, wow, this is a book that you maybe should, you know, consider diving into annually um, and just kind of, you know, kind of re uh, reengaging. And I, I said at the beginning of our chat today that this is an encouraging book, mm-hmm. even though there's some very hard things in it. Yeah. There's hope, and I yeah. love to think of the fact that right now my dad is not living with any more faith, and he's not living with any more hope. But he's still living with a whole lot of love, hmm. um, and um, and and but we are still living with faith and hope, and hope mm-hmm. is so big, yeah. and um, and this book is just filled with the hope of heaven that is to come, because mm-hmm. we're made for something more. So right. I, I hope that uh, that y'all can glean something from our conversation today. Thank you, Carlene, for joining me. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, yeah. again, if you have a chance, pick up the book Finding God by Dr. Larry Crabb. I think it's worth the read and worth the time. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Larger Story Messages. To learn more, visit LargerStory.com.